friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and unibrow bully. It's definitely me, Alex Dandino. Oof. Is that Alex Dandino? I can't see real good. Is that Alex Dandino or is that Lunabrow? <laughs> hashtag, hashtag Lunabrow. I'm taking that now. Lou, L-O-U, brow. You're well welcome. Done. Well done. <laughs> All right, before we just, it's going to be a fucking real crackerjack of a show, guys. Now you know up top. First taste is free. <laughs> All right, before that, though, business. People! We're on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Pod. It's the best way to help us grow the show. It's the best way to support the show. It's also the best way to get the most out of the show. We have a, a growing Patreon exclusive library. We have uh, episodes you can only get there. We got commentaries. We got mini series. You can even have us record episodes you want us to talk about. Also, you get a vote on the Patreon exclusive episodes. So we work really hard over there. To make it worth the time and support that you guys show us. Uh, and we're always open to listen to do better and better and better. So we feel like it's becoming a really awesome thing uh, that we would like you guys to be a part of if you can. So again, that's patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Subscribe to the YouTube, filmalchemist. Email us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. We're easy to get a hold of. Let us know movies you'd like to hear, curations, themes, anything like that. Yep. Uh, October... October looming heavy already. Even though it's May, October's looming. Our 31 days. 31 bonds! Um, that's it. That's about it. Leave those ratings and reviews. Five-star ratings and reviews wherever you find us. I think that's it. That's officially it. Ah! Alright. Trauma. Sex. Hormones. Trauma. Mix. Mix them <laughs> together. Take the, uh, the, the, the after water of Carrie. Mix it up in a pot. Here we are. Prom night. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of the weirdest intros. I don't know. That last bit of the coffee, you know, like when you had the coffee yeah. from the night before and it's just like that fucking diesel gas station. That's what I'm on. It's well, um, I'm a little curly haired fucking murder boy. Neither here nor there. We are this month. We're doing a, a, a spoilers, not named man. or Jesus. poorly named curation. Right. We're, we're, it's, yeah, spoilers if you, if you haven't been alive for the last 40 years. Uh, spoiler alerts on prom night. Also, I think you could argue that this movie spoils it in the first three minutes. Neither here nor there. We're doing a, 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 a poorly named curation, right? I think I just am calling it now The Pod Looks Back. So this year we talked about how much we enjoyed the Oscars. We loved every actor that won the Oscar. Uh-huh. A lot of people that didn't seem like they were going to get to that stage and hold that little statue. Uh-huh. Today we reached Jamie Lee Curtis, right? Mm-hmm. And of the group, her, like Brendan Fraser, right? They hit this kind of, this paramount, right? This A-list level celebrity, I think you could say. Definitely. And Jamie Lee Curtis, probably after True Lies, right? Which is what we were going to talk about, but schedule did not permit. So we're doing from. Um, AKA, I think is that a, movie is two hours long. Come on, Jim. It's almost three hours long. Jim Cameron. Also, it's hard to find, but... Brevity is the soul of wit, my friend. We're going to do True Lies. We're going to make up for it. It's just, I had a lot of shit going on. <laughs> I'm going to watch a three-hour movie. I can I'd sneak co- in 80 minutes of bullshit. I have COVID. Um, it is what it is. Yeah, Dandino's got COVID. He could have watched True Lies five times. <laughs> but here's the thing. 
So after True Lies, Jamie Lee Curtis seems to kind of vanish, right? She's not this A-list person like she was. She has this renaissance, right? She's coming back. And now this, this kind of Jamie Lee Curtis uh, late-stage renaissance leads her to... A courtesance. Leads her to winning Best Supporting Actress, even though she wasn't the Best Supporting Actress even from her own movie who was also nominated. Yes. But neither here nor there. Neither I don't think there. anyone was sad to see Jamie Lee Curtis win that statue. She's a beloved actor. Yeah. That right? Was... From Halloween all the way through... We've always loved Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. So we actually, I think Prom Night is a more interesting place to start than True Lies. Because between this and Terror Train, she's kind of getting pigeonholed as this, this scream queen, right? Mm -hmm. Who manages to find her way break. I think it was Saturday Night Fever, right? That her and Travolta just staring at each other and air humping and like fucking uh, spanks. And then she breaks her way into more, you know, more mainstream. Disappears, comebacks, wins her Oscar that she stole from Stephanie. Neither her. But. I think this is a really fascinating one from Halloween, from terror train to prom night to that stage seems like an improbable journey. Right. And I think with a lot of actors, it's improbable to think you'll get a win an Oscar, right? Like that's a really fucking high accolade. But I think this one was one that we were all really happy to see. So Alex opening thoughts on uh, why Jamie Lee Curtis so special and prom night. Yeah. I'd say that, this this year's Oscars, you pretty much could have you could have thrown a rock and not made a bad decision for that category for best supporting actress. Like that was the stacked category. That was year. the hardest category, and I'm like, everybody's good. I know who I like more than like I know how I'd rank them, and Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't was not near the top for me. But I also like might she have was actually still been good. the damn near bottom. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> not to be. I mean, that's not rude. Yeah. See, this is the thing. That category was not filled with like, oh, this was a shitty performance that just got nominated because like all the performances were good. It's like, how do you rank the best? It's like ranking pizza. It's like all pizza in New York is good. I'm going to use so the he pizza here's what Here's where we're at. Just a reminder. Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie uh, Sue for everything ever all at once. Angela Bassett, Black Panther. Hong Chao. Carrie Condon, Banshees of Innershin. Yep. And Hong Chow for the whale. I mean, those are fucking grand like, slam performances. Everybody has an Oscar performance in this category. It's impossible to pick one. Any so. one of those people wins, and you're like, that was a fucking great performance. Yeah, like, oh, that was very well deserved and earned. Absolutely. This isn't a, you know, Austin Butler and Elvis situation. That's right. I fucking said it. Um, That's yeah. right. Like, you this... carry that fucking husky voice for the rest of your life, child. <laughs> remember is... what you done. You remember what you did. Maybe sit through three hours and then watch Elvis die on the toilet. What a waste I mean, was, of, waste I'm of a movie. I'm sorry that Boss Larman traumatized you, too. It's fine. Waste of a movie. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was. But, like, that that category is so... The category is so stacked. There's no way you could... There's no way you could have, like, just chosen an actress. Like, they all could have gone up there. And I would have been like, oh, great. Yeah. We're good. You could we're make an Atticus Finch speech for any one of those performances. Yeah. And I would be totally swayed. So having said all that, love Jamie Lee Curtis. This is like her in the oeuvre of Jamie Lee Curtis. This was the second or third Scream Queen movie because it's it's Halloween, The Fog, Road Games, this one. Terror Train. Terror Train. She had a lot of those roles in this. this so period. this was like her period of this was how she like 
I don't want to put it this way, but this was like how she became famous right before because the movie this you're is the working phase. Yeah, the movie you're talking about with Travolta is a movie called Perfect, not Perfect. Saturday. Yeah, so she's right. like she's like a like that was like her breakout as like a sex symbol. So became so from Squeen Cream from Scream Queen Squeak Squeak Queen Squeam Queen to sex symbol. Emphasis on the queen. <laughs> <laughs> But prom night is prom night's a lot of fun, man. Like, I mean, yeah. Again, see, here's the funny thing. I'm looking at this right. <laughs> We're looking in this like early 2000s, right? We get Freaky Friday, Christmas with the Cranks, Halloween Resurrection. These are all like early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Then from there, Beverly Hills Chihuahua. She's a voice actor. She's doing Veronica Mars NCIS. Um, she's just doing like some TV and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Then 2018, Halloween drops. Yeah. And now Jamie Lee Curtis is back. So we got Halloween and Knives Out. Hollow now we're back, right? Now we're doing we're doing big movies again. Mm-hmm. But I mean, once she hit that kind of freaky Friday point, you're like, this is kind of on pause. This is almost out. Yeah. Right? Like this is an actress who's gonna run it out. Right. And well, she comes back fucking ferocious, man. Yeah. She hits that moment. Like that Freaky Friday area where it's basically just, you know. I forgot she was in Escape from New York, too. Halloween, too. So from 78, when she starts Halloween, you got Halloween, The Fog, Prom Night, Terror Train, Road Games, Mm -hmm. Escape from New York, uh, Halloween, too. Which she's not really in. She's just in. And then, yeah, then Perfect's like 85, where she's trying to, like, break out. Trading Places, she's Ophelia in that. Yep. So, anywho. But that's, you know. It's an interesting trajectory. But to bring this to Terror Train. Or not Terror Train. Prom Night. The Prom Night is what we're talking about. I actually think Terror Train is a superior film. But what I like about Terror Train (laughs) versus some of the others, right? Prom Night is not the finest film. What? This movie movie suffers from a couple enormous. It's like if Achilles had kills were his weakness and also nipples and also armpit hairs. Right? Where it's like. There's just a lot more weakness than you think. Right? I would say I would say if <laughs> like if his mom dumped him, like he had Ren and Stimpy sized nipples and his mom dumped him in the river stick by that. Because it's one of those movies where in the very first scene we see these haunting evil children. I love the opening scene of this. Great opener. The killer's gonna kill you. The killer's coming. And then for some reason they bully the fuck out of this young child. Yeah. To where she's so scared she falls out of a window and fucking dies. It right. is a wonderful opening scene, right? <laughs> Very effective. That, but yes, I agree. Well, I mean, not wonderful as in, like, oh, I'm not Achille- Achilleing my own nipples. Finally, that like, fucking it, kid died. Like, it took forever. It's a well-made scene <laughs> of is. relatable childhood fear, right? Agreed. Just that, that you turn around and the menace of these kids that you thought you knew becoming these little fucking monsters and beasts. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is in that scene, when that lady falls, or that child falls, yeah. we've seen a couple things. We see these kids playing hide-and-seek. We've seen three other kids show up, right? A taller girl who has to go get her books. And then two fucking kids that are dressed in identical sideways stripes, Pugsley Adams sweaters. Yes. They knock her out of the building and say, we got to go. We don't want to go to jail. These evil little fucks, they run away. And the last thing they show in that scene, which kind of ruins the whole movie, a shadow steps over that child. Yeah. Who the fuck else could it be in this movie? (laughs) It's an impossibility that anyone else could be the killer, right? Which leads us to... 
Which leads us to the second problem. We know who the killer is the whole time. We have to wait till about an hour and five minutes in before we start the slasher film yeah, that we are promised. I was going to say, that I think that's probably my biggest issue with Prom Night is we pretty much have to wait till the end for anything like super We wait for random. an hour and five minutes and then do like three extended like seven to ten minute murder scenes back to back to back. <laughs> that aren't... Right? And it, it's a weird... It's a weird, weird decision they made, right? Because they try to add things like, oh, there's a fucking burnt diddler. We got to find the burnt diddler. Yeah. Oh, look at that fucking janitor who she showed her ass to. They add so many who could it possibly be while cheating. This is classic. If you you heard me talk about horror movie cheating, it's something I despise. This movie is horror movie cheating 101. They do not for but a second play her brother as if he is hiding the fact that he's a killer. Not even for half a second. Even though we all know he's the killer. The only hint we get is that when he fights in the cafeteria, even though he's a little tiny guy, he's fucking whooping ass. Yeah. He's whooping ass like he's fucking Chow Yun Fat <laughs> and Crouching Tiger. So that's a little bit of a, that ain't right. Yeah. That ain't right. This guy's been reading Krav Maga magazine in his bedroom. But so it has some of those kind of, it has some of those faux pas, which I blame more on the fact that this movie wants to be Carrie more than Halloween. I don't know what I mean. That's pretty generous. I'm not sure what this movie is, to be honest. But if you if you look at the the skeleton outline, it's following right. Family, family, family. They kind of miss the importance of Carrie, which is like following this like traumatized teen through her life. Yeah, and we just kind of sit in this high school disco madness. Mm-hmm. And we never, like, sit with him as, like, a traumatized youth. Well, yeah. But if you look, it's, like, all that, and then at the end, there's this explosive finale at prom. I think they even do the first scene when Leslie Nielsen and them pull up to the school. Yeah. They got that, like, cummy lens thing. Like, they're trying very hard to get that Carrie aesthetic. So I think it's marketed as a slasher because that's what's big. That's what Jamie Lee Curtis already hit in. Well, this is that's she's not the what this movie, movie wanted to be. So she's the reason the movie got made in the first place. Like, oh, they, absolutely. They did not. get. I, I was reading. I read this. She did not. They did not. They were not able to get traction for the film until she signed on for the movie. And she made. It's not that hard to imagine why. <laughs> no, I mean, it makes total sense. Like, she's just like she's two years out of Halloween. This is what she does. Like, she makes movies like this. And, you know, also, yeah, like. I think that's. A, I guess it's a go. The bones of Carrie, I guess. I think it's more just like without any of the pathos that was required of Carrie. Absolutely, there's, I'm not arguing that. Yeah, I'm just saying that's what they think they're making. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that could be a shock in this movie is if they had made Jamie Lee Curtis the killer. Yeah. But you're about 95% sure the entire movie that cannot be the case. Yeah, it's almost an But it has to be one of those siblings, the whole movie. Yeah. It's an impossibility, though. Like, I think, like, that's the problem, too, is they so quickly don't make her... Like, they so quickly sort of put that outside the realm of possibility that you're like, got it, cool. So it's definitely the brother. Thank you very much. I've I've now... I, I Like, you basically spend an hour in this movie and you're like when are they gonna when are they just gonna tell them that it's the fucking brother i don't understand how long it takes well they cheat they also make him like the fucking uh 
assistant to the DJ, right? Like, yeah, that's so what I'm saying. You're telling me he disappears for like long 20 minute stretches in the middle of his fucking, you know, spinning set to go yeah. fight. All right, whatever, fine. Um, it's just it's it's played silly. But what this movie does well, right? That opening scene is really good. Mm-hmm. I think this one lets Jamie Lee Curtis breathe a little bit. Sure. More than, you know, kind of Halloween and Terror Train, right? I like the scene when she's sitting out there. Like that opening scene where she's practicing her dance move. Yeah. And that fucking piece of shit, Wendy, shows up, right? <laughs> oh, and Wendy's yeah. like, that's my man. It's who takes you home, not who brings you. You better back off. Jamie Lee Curtis in that scene, her charisma comes through in a way that I feel like we haven't seen as much of, right? She's got this real badass energy to her, Right? Still maintaining that I'm the good girl next door that made her famous. But now she's got that fucking, like, devil-may-care Han Solo shit going, right? Right. That scene when she takes the fucking guy. Here's a weird subplot in the movie that I actually found fascinating. The guy who helped cover up the murder of her sister is like, you know what? I'll atone for it by giving her her first terrible sex right. at prom. When they're out there and they're getting windswept, right? And she's kind of, you know, talking it out, right? Like, this is a terrible day. This is a sad day. All right, she's getting into it a little bit. So I, I appreciate it. I don't know if this is something I'm like adding retrospectively because of the, the curation we're doing. But I thought there were real moments of watching Jamie Lee Curtis work that I was appreciating the growth for me personally. Yeah, I mean, she's... Yeah, I, I'm, I, I can't... <laughs> I can't argue with that. Like, to me, it's one of those things where I look at this is an early career Jamie Lee Curtis and it's not Halloween. And I think Halloween's a hard movie. Halloween's a hard movie to do because like you were saying, like you pretty much immediately don't get any time to like be anything other than quote, like, I mean, she doesn't spend the movie as the victim, but like it starts in a very specific way. And like the events unfold, this does give her the time to like sort of more develop a character rather than just, being the badass Laurie Schrode, she does like take some time to actually like develop a character and sort of like build yeah. this story out. And so she, she does that in Halloween, right? The difference is, is that Michael also has time. Yeah. Cause we know Michael's the killer, but then we use Michael to build a character. Right. We know the curly haired fuck is the killer. We should have let curly head fuck have some, you know, psychosis building throughout the movie. Right. And then I think this movie's better by like tenfold. Sure. But, but, like, I think that's the other thing, though, is that time that you would take to... This is what I'd say. In 1980, when you can't get a movie finance called Prom Night and you get Jamie Lee Curtis to do it, like, I wonder, like, to me, it's like a sacrifice of storytelling. You're like, okay, do I continue making this movie about this guy who's, like, psychologically traumatized, so he's, like, slowly going to start killing all these people on Prom Night... Or do I give those moments to Jamie Lee Curtis, who's definitely a star and a proven entity, and therefore I can make a movie like that? Like there, there is a weird like it never connects. Yeah. Like why, why tonight? Why is he doing this to where he's going to re-traumatize his sister, who yeah. he obviously loves and is protect? It feels very hodgepodge. I, I, I get that totally. Yeah. So to me, like that's the trade-off. And again, I don't have a problem with that. Like that's that's how you make movies. Like I'm not worried. Like that doesn't worry me at all. It's not like, you know. Jamie Lee Curtis just won a fucking made. Oscar. Yeah. It's not like Jamie Lee <laughs> Curtis can't act. So, you know, you're giving your you're giving like extra time to a star, and that's cool. 
Yeah. Um, it's just peculiar because the movie, <laughs> the movie like sort of develops out of nowhere. Like you're just like, oh, this is the movie. Cool. Like it is this like sort of like yeah. The most shocking thing about prom night is that the movie occurs. Like that's, like we get to prom night. That's crazy, as far as I'm concerned. Right, because the whole thing is predicated on this. Wendy's gonna pull a carry. Right, they're gonna do something to embarrass her at prom night, which essentially we find out is that Lou's gonna dance with her. He puts the crown on. Yeah, we're like, wow, sick burn, Lou. Um, really, got, actually, I think really Lou's like one of the like real gems of the movie. Yes, um, he's so much better than Travolta and Carrie because he he somehow at this little time right, just he he has this unibrow, so he looks like the female henchman from Dodgeball. Yeah, right. <laughs> His opening ploy is to run into school in a ski mask and try to kiss Jamie Lee Curtis through a ski mask against her will. Right. Um, he threatens to beat up the brother right in front of the dad, played by the great Leslie Nielsen. Oh, my God. Um, It's just a weird character, right? Like, when he's at that drive-in, though, and he's like, hey, I'm kind of short on money. Oh, you paying? I'll have three cheeseburgers, fries. You know, what beer you got? All right, Coke. And then he's looking at this girl's ass. And Wendy goes, I'll get you one for Christmas. I was like, all right, there's like some some snap, crackle, pop here that I enjoy. It's so stupid. But I thought Lou was really funny. Like, he really, like, made an impression on the movie with his his limited time. Um, also, but again, it just, the, the I, movie suffers from this. It just has, it has no propulsion. Yeah. Well, I also love. no propulsion at all. And speaking, speaking of Carrie, though, I, I do want to point this out. There is this, like, this is that magical time. Between like 1977 to like 1983, there's something about these blonde whites with afros that really I just I enjoy the hell out of. Like, there's a lot because that that dude hair that the prom king's hair got real fucking curly yeah. from that opening scene where he looks like one of the Lawrence brothers. Yeah, exactly. Like something you, really happened. Some kind of chemical just, products were introduced. That was a time where you just got away with some real crazy social faux pas, like white guy with an. Dude, afro. I think I think that's what caused Boomer Brain, dude. <laughs> they were just fucking douching their heads and all these chemical. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, weird. It's it's odd that they're the most heinous, aggressive, and piece of shit generation. <laughs> like, that's so strange. I wonder what happened. Yeah. I, it's like yeah. their brains are just soaked Sorry, in aqua. I had to, point, had to point that out. There was just this, like, yeah. time period. It was like, you know, what it, you know what's cool? White guys with afros. You're like, you You literally when? just look at, you're like, and this is something that I'm sure that we've all dealt with. But, like, I hear this all the time where it's like when they made Dazed and Confused, right? Yeah. That if you made that now... The 70s were close to, you know, they do those weird time comparisons. Yeah. Which are essentially saying you're very old. And I'm like, fine. You can make fun of us in the 90s, but I don't think we ever looked as dipshit as all these fucking curly chemical headed disco dancers. I don't know. I think the difference is. Maybe we're throwing rocks because maybe that's uh, the kids now watching us at Woodstock 99 and they're like, that looks worse to me. I was going to say, we're, this is. I have such little respect for the disco doofuses. We are definitely casting stones from a glass house because, I mean, look, the yeah, 90s. Yeah, that's the thing. If you, throw, if you throw a rock at our glass house, we're going to come fucking burn your house down. The 90s had their own social. While listening to Nookie. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, we were. we were. Who's scarier? Yeah. A guy coming at you in cargo shorts and no shirt listening to Dookie ready to fucking attack you or some guy trotting around a disco duck? We just. We're better. We traded, you know. White guy afros and bell bottoms and yeah. leisure suits for like Jenkos and a lot of hair gel. 
and better. Our hair was even weaponized, dude. We had spikes. We had spikes, yeah. See? We yeah. were looking like prehistoric abominations. We could run at you at full speed. <laughs> that was it. We were like... Dude, the, the amount of gel that I used to put in my hair... It was absurd. Like, had, every curl would be, like, iron-locked. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I'm a natural curly head. Yeah. But see, you're not, you know, you're not throwing it out. This is an important thing. You know, like... Yeah. <laughs> White trying guy to afros were not my cool. culture, guys. Yeah. White guy afros were never cool. I'm just gonna say. I got that, that right Middle now. Eastern curl, dude. I can't help it. It's a gift. <laughs> yeah, but see, it's, it's falling. It's falling down so effortlessly. Like this is an important thing. It's not a fro. Now it's not because it takes about a year and a half to two years for mine to go to fro to like fall because the no, weight of the hair. I've 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 been around you. That that fro phase is brutal, and I I sympathize with the whites. You and I have been, <laughs> you and I have sat. I have sat. <laughs> <laughs> i take in my one quarter status and i'm really looking down on all the you white. are really going for it there yeah. i sit uh, atop my palace in agrabah <laughs> I, look at all, yeah, I, I smell the the sad sickness and hope and despair of but your there was like this aquanet. really specific period between like 77 and 83 where like blonde guys could do like oh i could do an afro you're like bad idea Fucking appropriators, dude. Appropriators, hate all of them. straight up. No, but I was know. glad when they were getting axe murdered. <laughs> Fuck all of them. Neither here nor there. Speaking of that, I so the kills start happening in this movie, and <laughs> if you made it an hour ten minutes in, if you, boy, do you get three kills? You get these three kills that are no four. Yeah, four. Wait, no more. Five. You get the glass. The glass jugular. That's another thing. To make us wait an hour ten and then not show us the kills. Yeah, we didn't get a lot of You get gore. you get the girl who gets turned down by Doug who throws his flower back at her. Wait for sex? That was hilarious. <laughs> she just goes, You bastard. And I was like, what a little piece of shit Doug is. Then she gets her throat sliced. Right. Then we go to the coolest character in the movie, Slick. What a great name for a character. Slick is just the man. He's about yeah. four foot tall. He's just the fucking boss. He's got this awesome shagging wagon. Yep. So, He's just yeah. fucking smoking weed and banging chicks. Yeah, Slick and Jude are smoking weed in his like bang <laughs> his bang van. Yeah. Slick uh, literally just drove around town and he's like, you, tonight. She goes, all right. Because I thought at some point they were going to say that she had known Slick for a long time and they don't. They literally they never. Like, oh, she's. They're the not like friends from Bible school. They have like been building up to this. She has been chosen. Slick is imparting the gift of his dick onto you. <laughs> Would you like to step into my van and experience that slick dick? You like it, the slick dick? Like it, the slick my, dick? My slick dick. <laughs> <laughs> that one, I'll say this. So uh, That character rules. That is making the most of your on-screen time. <laughs> slick slick is should be taught in acting school. This is the literal, there are no small roles, there are but small actors. There's... So, but this was the one I remember. So, <laughs> I can't remember the first time I watched this movie, but I remember. But I remember then thinking this and watching it again today, <laughs> or not today, last night, whatever day it is. Um, watching it again, I was like, "Oh wow, this is the exact same feeling I had." Because I thought when I saw it a lot, when I saw it on like TV a long time ago. I thought they had cut something for uh, time or for content. And like when she's like, le when Jude's like leaned out the back of the van and you see him like come down to stab her, 
was like, oh, that wasn't <laughs> cut. Above! Dude, it's so fast. I mean, because I thought it, it was is, cut. I thought it there's like, something I was like, about I miss that it? in the last kill. There's like a realistic violence to it, right? Like it's not big and showy. Yeah, it's also somewhat unsatisfying. Well, but and- they pair it with this epic fucking. Slick and the Furious moment, which is I was going to say, then it turns into this like Benny Hill skit in a van. <laughs> it's the best scene in the movie. Absolutely. Yeah, him, he's like fucking doing donuts. And the fucking ski mask guy's like on the door like, ah! Fucking impressive ski mask guy with a ski mask on. What would he have worn if Lou had not brought the ski mask to school? What was he going to wear? What was his other mask option? I'm going to go with... Eyes wide shut sex mask. Ooh. Right. Maybe he dresses like one of the strangers, right? That movie. Oh, that's Those good little, too. Like, fucking I like cuphead, that. Cuphead characters. <laughs> but anyways, so yeah, they're cuphead. fast and the furious thing, but the, the funniest shit he gets in, he's fighting slick. They drive off the edge of a cliff and the fucking van ignites when it's like five feet in the air, right? Like, it hasn't touched anything. <laughs> The slick wagon just fucking explodes for no reason. My son was watching with me and he goes, well, the movie's over. And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, the killer was in that van. And I was like, oh, do I have a surprise for you? That's a niche niche. The killer's teleport, bro. A niche niche. That's a niche niche. That is something that Sasha Baron Cohen gave me. Was when we were young and we would watch the Ali G show. And he would play Bruno. I can't remember. He was interviewing. It might have been Giuliani. It was some politician. And he's like, let's say a scrumptious man walks in on all fours and you can see his noose. Is that a, a ya or a niche niche? Whatever that skit was. But Giuliani, I remember the politician's like, that's niche niche. We don't like that kind of stuff here. That's a niche niche. And so me and my friends for like 20 wow. years, that's a niche niche. <laughs> but yeah, then we proceed. I think Wendy needed to get killed harder. The long fucking scene that's not very cathartic for, like, the evildoer of the movie, essentially. Yeah. Then we have our disco fight. The coolest scene other than Slick's Wagon is uh, <laughs> Lou's head rolling out. That Lou's is head rolling out awesome. is cool. That, is that was an awesome shit. moment in the movie. Yeah. yeah. I like that a lot. Then we have, like, a 10-minute disco wrestling match. Yeah, a lot of that. I have a question. Did Jamie Lee Curtis hit him in the head with the fucking axe blade? Does he die at the end of the movie or is he just unconscious? I thought he died at the end of the movie. I thought so too. And I was like, she fucking hit him in the head with the axe and just like scraped him. I and guess he I died. Could... I guess I, I thought could be she wrong. hit him with a blunt head to like knock him out. I guess which I makes could... sense because then she doesn't want to shoot him. So maybe he's just passed out. Maybe she wants to Michael Myers him and have him rehabilitated, even though that didn't work for Michael Myers either. Stop! We need sequels, bitch! <laughs> She's dying. That's gotta be what. Don't you know how this oh, you works, know what? you rookie Okay, bitch. I take it back. I thought he died, <laughs> but I don't think... I think that she... Uh... Prom night two. Prom College night two. Prom. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Sorry. College prom. Prom night... Yeah, what would be Here the at the Historic University, we're going to re-implement Prom! Prom night he wakes two. up in his asylum. Oh my god! Prom night two, winter formal. <laughs> they can have like a lot of like ice queen themes and stuff like that. <laughs> Prom night two. Let's put disco behind us. That was gross. We can all agree. That was not our best effort. Prom night two. Sorry about disco. <laughs> this movie's the literal death of disco. You can't have all those fucking lights and the fucking Tetris floor. This is not okay. We got to move on and get sadder, guys. <laughs> 
are we historians? Are we just sitting here being like, now we're a Duran Duran folk. That's what we <laughs> dance to now. Are we historians? Are we like, are we charting like, do you know when disco died? Yes, I do. It was, it was July, this it was and July then 18th, when, when Kiss did disco. This movie and Kiss were the end of disco. It was yeah, officially well, dead at that moment. Yeah, but Kiss was like actually ki- trying to kill disco. So respect. Kiss is so fucking badass. They were able to put down disco yeah. and still maintain 100% of their credibility. All of them. <laughs> Am I going to see Kiss this fall with my sons? Yes. Yes. Because Kiss is the shit. And I used to be a, a card-carrying member of the Kiss Army. Neither here nor there. It's fine. I So, <laughs> man, we have just completely gone off the rails. But to be honest with you, Prom Night does not but, offer a lot to... <laughs> prom Night is a is a lean meal. These are, these are some lean lean meat on the bones. If you went to someone's p- party as like a dinner guest and they served you Prom Night, You'd be fucking offended if you never come yeah. back. If you were at a Super Bowl party, the prom night chicken wings are like the bottom of the bowl. And like people haven't eaten them in years. There wasn't even a bowl. Yeah. There wasn't there's like three little ones in there. They look like they've been microwaved like fifty times they and were not the f- cooked. So it's like when you go to a friend's house. Well, you house, can lick the sauce off the side of the bowl and be like, This could have been great. It's when you go to a friend's house and they pride themselves on like, you know, they're like, Oh, I have a smoker. So like this like these are the test wings. These are the test wings. Yeah. that they fucked up on that, yeah. that that's what prom night is These or like, it's like you go to someone's house and they're like oh i saw this is how the rich eat and they serve you like some caviar on yeah, like a fucking yeah, yeah, triscuit yeah. Yep. and you're like oh what yeah this no, is these are like is, those we gotta get to this though there is some <laughs> good acting at the end of this from the moment jamie lee curtis and her brother lock eyes and she realizes what's happened sure she runs out to save her brother don't kill him when she's holding him and he has the flashbacks, and I like the the little mm-hmm. homage, right? That he's hearing kill, kill, but it's not Jason Voorhees' mom; it's the kids at the start of the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because somehow he heard that from all the way inside and didn't help his sister. Neither her. I liked when Jamie Lee Curtis was kind of holding him. I liked in that moment. It just felt like something we hadn't seen her do enough, right? Instead of the scared running and this and that, she's sliding in and holding this guy, right? Her brother. There is some weight to that. And again, I thought for her, this is a good growth movie. Yeah. You can see the next step. She's... And I think that little ending from I lock to the last frame, I think works really well, yeah. honestly. She's doing a really good job, like pulling the movie into a final. You're like, oh, okay, she, cool. she goes from monster to like, she immediately is sympathetic and has empathy with him. Yeah. I just thought that worked, man. That worked for me. I thought, I thought it was good to see. You it's... could see that's the thing. A lot of the, of the other scream queens in this and that, you never saw that step. Well, they never like, got I can to imagine her outside of a squeam queen. Yeah, most of them don't even get the chance. Squeam queen. Squeam queen. Yeah. Extra queen. But yeah. It, it is it is a hard, I think it's a hard left turn to make because, and I think only Jamie Lee Curtis can do it. Not just because she's an exceptional actress, but I'd say this is the, the other reason being because she's Laurie Strode and because we've seen, because we start to experience Halloween. The from, archetype. Final the role, archetype yeah. that she basically built she's able to do like she's able to do this inverse in a way that no one else can and that's the mm. sympathy you know it's like the sympathy for the devil is like she's the only one who can do that because everybody else is straight up victim in a Dream lot of queening, ways. yeah everybody else is final girling like 
by chance. She's really the only one who's been able to. She's like the only. She one was ahead of the game. Agency. She's not in the. She's not in the ripoff. She's in the next one. No, she yeah. is the next one. Yeah, I think it's but really. I, I think what you see with her though is this this fucking fount of charisma, right? She had she has this commanding stage presence. Yeah. Right, like when you see her, you just know it's different, mm-hmm. and that that's kind of the thing, right? A lot of actors talk about this. It's not always the best actors that that fly on. Right, there are myriad great actors that just never get anywhere. Right, and a lot of it is the luck of do you just look like what they imagined? Mm-hmm. Right, do you have some kind of connection to the industry? Um, you know, there's there's all these weird X factors outside of can you like go and recite the fucking greatest monologue? Right. That actually is probably the lowest on the fucking list. Yeah. And whatever it was. Right. You know, I know she was in the news recently for like Nepo babies, whatever. Whatever. When she got her shot, she fucking crushed it. She took it. And to be she honest, she fucking with you, showed it. And the first time you saw her, you said, that's a fucking movie star. That like, Nepo you could just baby see shit. It that Nepo baby shit melts away as soon as. Well, like if, Ta- if if Chet Hanks had won an Oscar, I would be totally let's burn down the Nepo baby. Absolutely. But instead, but Chet, Chet Hanks is in videos trying to fight an IHOP. Also, I think that. Look, I, I don't know if that's I'm sure it is common knowledge, but like, I think if you ask somebody, hey, can you tell me the parents of Jamie Lee Curtis right now off the top of your head? Most people couldn't do it. Like, I think it's it's a very specific group of people that could do it. But I think, by and large, most people just think of Jamie Lee Curtis as Jamie Lee Curtis. Right. But people are mad because they think that Hollywood's unfair. And if they had just had their money. I mean, I mean there's that's, a lot of fucking, fucking life. We, I don't know we both lived people. in Hollywood. You still live out there. There is a lot of fucking sour grapes. Of course. Everyone out there who is working a normal job thinks that they are just the undiscovered Spielberg, Jamie sure. Lee Curtis, whoever. Right. So there's a lot of that sour shit. But again, you can take whatever. You thought we knew she was something she special. Was, yeah. I mean, I think that. Uh, and it's yeah. awesome that her career finally got to that point where she was able to take that stage. I think because people and get keep, that accolade. I think because the uh, the auspice of fame is attached to nepotism in this town. Like, listen, nepotism exists in every single fucking yeah. industry in this in the in the world. So. Right. You know, there's fucking movies about it. People get, people have, people get, you know, jobs as executives at companies because they're the boss's kid. Our kids are going to get to just be overweight podcasters because of who we are. That's just the world we live in, guys. Get used to it. My kids. My kids are going to be diabetic fat podcasters without even having to try that hard. Yeah. I'm sorry. My kid will inherit this kingdom (laughs) and. Oh my god! Imagine someday our kids are like the film alchemist. No, we're just like, what have we hung upon our? Children? I'm gonna if my kid does this, I'm gonna be like, dude, I love you, but this is not. Don't do this, please. I think that's awesome that this pod just goes on forever. The world still doesn't care. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah, this ends up being like a hand me down and be like, cool. It's like the burlap sack of podcasts you hand off to that's your right. kid. Hank, Hunter, and Logan are the new film outfits. <laughs> we should go back and talk about taxidermia through AI with our I love, I love the idea that this is, I love the idea of like legacy, that that's, that's the legacy we leave this our children. This is what we hand down. This is what our we're ne- handing down our This kids. is the point I'm making. 
Some nepotism just sucks. Some nepotism Some nepotism sucks. just sucks. It some, doesn't always work out. And some is Jamie Lee Curtis, and that's the exception of the rule, my But friends. you know what worked out? Fucking Jamie Lee Curtis. What a fucking great. I think everyone loves her, too. She's got a really high overall rating. We all appreciate her. That's it for prom night. That's not it from Jamie Lee Curtis, I bet. Uh, we have one more film on our journey of this curation. Uh, we're doing Temple of Doom, baby. Whee! We're in Key's house next. Uh, uh, uh. An interesting Indiana Jones film that has mixed reactions. I personally fucking love it. So we're very excited to talk about that. We're very excited to announce that next month we will be doing all Steven Spielberg movies. A Steven Spielberg curation to honor the master. Uh, can't wait for you guys to hear that. Great stuff on Patreon too. So go over to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod to see all the awesome stuff we have over there. Uh, the YouTube Film Alchemist. The email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Leave those ratings and reviews. Five stars wherever you find the pod. Uh, that's it. Thanks for your time, guys. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Love you. Don't lose your head. <laughs> Stupid. Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks. Get on that slick ride. <laughs> All right, we're out. That's it. There you go.